Silence. Why, yes, I would love a super salad. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just... You, you don't seem to understand. We have, we have soup or salad. Yes, yes, I would, I would like one, yes. No, which, which one? The super salad. No, 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 you don't... It's, we have soup, or we have salad, or we have soup. Salad or soup. Oh, okay. I, I will. I will take the salad. See exactly. Um, what kind of dressing? What do you got? Oh, good lord. Okay. <laughs> um, we have, we have ranch. We have French. We have Thousand Island. Uh, Italian. Um, some kind of vinaigrette. Uh, and of course, this is the point where you then say, "Oh, oh, oh!" Is the French Dorothy Lynch? And I go, "No." Oh, well then, never mind. I'll take the soup. I'll take it dry, please. Yeah. Ah. Super salad. And, and, and I don't know why. I mean, the simple solution, it even took me forever just to get to it right here, was you would just say salad or soup. But no, we were so ingrained with super salad, and we would, oh yeah, super salad, that sounds great. No. No. I was hoping that would bring up your PTSD. Yeah, 30 years ago, it still haunts me. <laughs> uh, so, oh, oh, no, that's what I meant. I meant silence. You can't even plan that! <laughs> Silence. Sure enough. She's in there cackling like an idiot. <laughs> Aiden, Aiden asked her to please not interrupt the silence this time because he had a whole I, bit. After, after the second silence, absolutely go for it, but I had a bit. And so she said, no, fine, I'm just going to be in the other room then. Where she's been laying in wait all this time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could hear her cackling. <laughs> Alright, no, this time for real. Silence! Are you are you under mom's employ? <laughs> no, I just thought it was Oh yeah, harmonica's in their stockings. Worst gift idea ever. Okay, off you go, off you go. <laughs> All right. Just like game a little bit, huh? Yeah. All right, so now silence for real. And welcome to episode 325 of Nerd Pride Radio. 325, why, that's 13 times 25. That is an awesome number all by itself. But also, I decided to Google it as well, and the first non-area code result under Google for 325 is acetaminophen slash Tylenol, because uh, 325 milligrams per pill is... uh, the most common dosage, and most of the generic versions of acetaminophen uh, are little white pills with a big 325 printed on one side of it. So there you go. Google identification of your drugs. Yay. Uh, Let's see. Oh, ask me how I'm doing today. Go on. Ask me. I'm fine. I'm swell. I'm awesome. Oh my gosh. My name is Mike Jones. I am a Pathfinder slash D&D nerd, a history nerd, a sci-fi nerd, a comic book nerd, computer nerd, movie nerd, comedy nerd, science nerd, gaming nerd. Plus, there's like seven other kinds of nerd I only wish I was nerdy enough to be. You are listening to Nerd Pride Radio. Plays me and Aiden go every week. Did, did you just... No, you... Okay, God. 
Never mind. Bottle of hot sauce on the table. He picked it up, and it looked like he was just chugging straight for the bottle, but the cap is on. <laughs> I am easily distracted. That's right. Uh, the place we go every week to hey, Ron, about all the nerd stuff that just won't fit in our skulls anymore. Every week? Well, okay, or sometimes every six weeks. You never know. Uh, that's That's what people love about us is how unpredictable and spontaneous we are. That's right, baby. We're the podcast as consistent as solar flares. So, uh, as always, we're recording live from our Nerd Pride Studios in Santa's workshop, where all those damn workbenches have been pushed out of the way to create a makeshift dance floor, and Santa's office has been converted into a cash bar, because Santa Santa is in hibernation, and the elves are in the midst of their week-long post-Christmas bender. I I don't know if you guys have noticed, but... uh... But a quarter of the elves are missing, and they suddenly have more food than they used to. Well, it's labeled venison, so I just assumed. I mean, that still has implications, though, even if that's properly labeled. Look, are you really going to count reindeer as sentient? Come on. Uh, the ones that ride the sleigh definitely are. How dare you? What, just because... Just because they, they they play reindeer games? Just and they, because they have a civilization and games and enough of a society to exclude one from these games? Because of a superficial feature like... And they do, they, do, they do specifically call him names. Yeah, mm. they, they have their own language, too. But is that sentient? I mean... Name me a non-sentient creature with a language. Um, bees? Bees? Question mark. Bees. All right. Uh, anyway, hey, it's time for the meticulously pod portion of this podcast. This is the time for me and Aiden where we talk about all of the interesting things that we stumble across during the course of our busy, busy lives. Uh, if something tickles our nerd fancy, we add it to our master list, and the very best stuff off of that list gets spewed out on you guys every time we record. You lucky dogs. Um, straight into it. Chew the dew. Oh, you mean by some horrifying, twisted act of God this cookbook exists, and we're here to try every single recipe in it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. What 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 did we have to eat this week? Your favorite! Seafood! It's a shrimp cocktail! Let me tell you a little story. Um, my wife and I. My uh, wife. We recently went to, uh, went to visit our son and his girlfriend. Um, who are a charming, wonderful couple. Absolutely. And while we were there, they decided they wanted to go out to eat with us, and so we said, okay, you guys pick. Where would you like to go? And ultimately, we landed on ramen, because Lisa and I have never gone out for ramen before. We don't have a ramen place here in town. And we, have we always should. We should. We've always wanted to try ramen. We were very excited, and we said, yeah, let's do that. And so we went out for ramen, and as it turns out, now that I've been there, I don't ever have to go again. Did you not like it? Here's the thing. I enjoyed the experience. I like a lot of the flavor profiles involved in eating at a ramen place. Um, the the octopus balls had this, um, like there's this chipotle kind of um, almost barbecue sauce mixed with a uh, an aioli. There's a, I mean, there's like all sorts of stuff that was in there. The dipping sauces and uh, add-ins for my ramen. That were really, really good. But the whole place just was, it was, the smell of seafood was pervasive because 
common ingredient in ramen. So you know, everyone else, everyone else got seafood. Everyone else loved seafood. You're, you're a big old wah wah. But me, I don't care for the seafood. Like I tried all of it. I ate the calamari. I ate the octopus. I uh, I tried some of the kimchi. I tried. Um, How was the kimchi, by the way? I, good. I mean, it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. But this isn't to say that Mike thinks that kimchi is seafood. But no. this is him explaining that he did try many, many right. well, look, my non-unusual own, things here. Right. Um, my own uh, uh, my own ramen had uh, pork belly in it, which is, Ooh. yeah, super bacon. Uh, it's awesome. Um, but overall, the experience, while I am so glad that I did it and I really enjoyed discovering a bunch of new flavors, um, it also isn't something that I would choose. If someone else wants to pick ramen, I will go. I will find stuff that I enjoy off the menu. I'll have a great time having ramen, but it will never be my first pick. That's all I'm saying. But so there, that is my, my take on seafood is I just don't like seafood. I just don't. I mean, I've tried a lot. My, my take on seafood is if I seafood, I eat it. <laughs> That's pretty good. That, is that, is that an original? Oh, hell no. You didn't just make that up? No. Are you sure? No, it's like really, like like before your time. No. I have never heard that before. Okay, so anyway, uh, what did we have speaking of seafood? Uh, we had shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocktail with a... With Mountain Dew Live Wire. Yes, as the cocktail sauce. Well, um, I mean, that and some other ingredients, but... Yeah, he just had shrimp soaking in Live Wire. Woo-woo! Uh, and uh, I did, in fact... Uh, try the. Um, we are not plugged in somewhere. The box Sorry, hold on, in. guys. The box has got a light on. Oh, the box does have a light on it. Now, why would my screen want to go to sleep? That's weird. I want to go to sleep. All right. Anyway, um, yeah. So a shrimp cocktail with uh, with Mountain Dew Live Wire cocktail sauce. Yes. All right. I tried it with shrimp once. And then uh, I tried just as a dipping sauce for some other things. Um, how did you feel about your Mountain Dew Live Wire cocktail sauce? I think sauce? it is a very lovely acidic sauce. Yes. Fits very well with shrimp. Um, you could probably, uh, I mean, you'd still hate it, uh, take some uh, gourd slices and have it work really well. Yes. Well, and also I noticed that you added your Old Bay hot sauce to it afterwards yes. to give it an extra kick. And I'm imagining that that went over really, really well. Oh, yeah. See? Um, because Old Bay was on his Christmas list. So uh, yes. he got some Old old Bay hot sauce and Old Bay spice in his stocking. Because he was a good boy. So, um, yeah. And for me, like I said, the sauce itself was not a bad sauce. Right. Uh, I feel like this sauce was, since it was, uh, I mean, the, the primary ingredient, the only four ingredients in the sauce directly were ketchup, uh, live wire, orange juice, and lime juice. Um, and then you also do a, a, a mixture, almost a pico de gallo kind of mixture of, of uh, onions and tomatoes and cilantro and uh, peppers. Um, and then you kind of add, that's an add-in to your cocktail sauce later. Um, and I felt like the citrus on the sauce, if I had something that paired really well with citrus that wasn't seafood... Um, uh, I would have really enjoyed that. So, so, something like uh, cubed steak, maybe. Yeah, but I see. But I feel like the, I feel like the live wire took a backseat to the orange juice. I disagree fully. Really? 
Yes, because for me, there is a very distinct live wire. Like, this is the first time in these recipes that I feel that the Mountain Dew actually stands front and center. Okay, that's actually good to know. Because, because yeah, you're right. A, a lot of the other times, we've put Mountain Dew in there when it's made a sauce and it's added right. some sweetness to it. Right. No, now, hold on. Now, the Code Red Cherry, the code... when we did the, the Code Red Cherry for the pork chops. Yes. I, I It tasted, yes, like cherry, but Code Red is a very specific taste. Mm-hmm. I, I did taste like cherry for sure, but I don't know if it was Code Red Cherry. Okay. This one, for me, was fully 100% identifiable. That is Livewire. That is interesting. I did not uh, have as much experience with it as you, so I didn't catch that. Because to me, it felt like it felt like the orange juice was doing the heavy lifting. Yes. But, um, but good. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. But uh, it, it's weird how this segment has evolved. What do you mean? Because I mean, the first episode we 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 flubbed the recipe. Let's not let's not mince words about that. We 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 done goofed, mm-hmm. and uh, we we hated it. We it was bad, and it set a precedent for us on where this uh where the segment was going. Really, that it was just going to be us week after week talking about. Oh my god, this was just awful. Why are right. we still doing? And then the second recipe turned out good. Uh-huh. And we were surprised, and we didn't have, you know... Right. We didn't know what to say about it, because that was surprisingly good. And then the third one was good. Right. And then we went back and tried the first one again, but following it exactly. And that one was good. Too spicy. A little too spicy, I can agree, but still good. Yes. Like, like I can see the the, the germ of the good recipe. In right. There. Anyway. And... Now, we know we go into this segment saying, yeah, it's going to be good. So, it, it's it's about a whole change of vocabulary. I mean, okay, let's be honest. We literally judged a book by its cover. Right. No, okay, but sadly, this was the final recipe in the book. We're done. <laughs> you wish. We're only like a, like a fourth of the way done. Oh, dear God. <laughs> And you know what? It's not even so much that I mind eating a bunch of Mountain Dew recipes. It's that some of them... Some of them are very prep-heavy. Really involved. Like, this one was super easy. Yes. I mean, this was... You thaw out shrimp cocktail, I and then you mix lazy, up the sauce in 15 minutes. And I'm a lazy, lazy SOB, and I'm tempted to just do this at home. Yeah, it was really simple. And when we first mixed it up, we're like, wow, there's no way this is right. And yet, you and let it sit was, for a little bit, and it all comes it, together. It, it, it congeals a little bit. It's got the exact consistency of a cocktail sauce. Yeah, it, surprisingly good. So, um, but, yeah, some of the others, I mean, like... Like, step one, brine your turkey for two days in live wire. Oh, Jesus Christ. Step two, put a can of Mountain Dew in this chicken's butthole. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Stand it upright in your oven. Stand it upright in your... Yeah, some of these are really involved. Uh, but, okay, this one, this one, not to my taste, but uh, if you trust Aiden uh, as a person who likes seafood, um, then uh, live wire cocktail sauce is pretty awesome. Yes. Next up, it's our gaming table. Do we have 12-sided die? 
Shh, let Weezer explain it. I've got Dungeon Master's Guide. I've got 12-sided die. Role-playing games yeah, video I'm games. Mike, I hate yes-anding people. Role-playing games, video games, board games, card games, any games that fits on our gaming table, then we are here to share it with you. Jerk. All right. Uh, this week, uh, Hunt a Killer, Death at the Dive Bar. This is uh, a Hunt a Killer game that we picked up at, I think, Target. And uh, um, there's a series of Hunt a Killer there's games. There's also a order system for it on their website. Yeah, and you, there's also, um, yeah, they've got a whole series of these Hunt a Killer games because they are one-shot games. You pay 20 bucks. Uh, for the box set, it comes with all sorts of cool um, materials in the box. And then you play through it once, and then you have solved it, and then that's it. And so there's, uh, um, I know we have on our local Facebook exchanges, I know that there are people who regularly exchange these games back and forth. That they buy one, and then uh, they'll exchange it uh, with other people to get one that they haven't played mm-hmm. before. Um, but even if you don't exchange, even if you just buy the damn thing every time, this was... $20 for two hours of entertainment for our, our whole family. There were seven of us playing, and we had a great time. Um, I, it is, it's very, it's clever. It's well done. Um, we got to the, one of the easy sets. I assume there's more than one easy. Um, but we got Death at the Dive Bar, which is, uh, which is easy mm-hmm. on the label. Um, and so it opens up, and it gives us our four suspects. Um, it gives us our victim. And then we have just this whole array of of evidence, and we're just some them... of it means something, some of it's red herrings, some of it is intentionally designed to mislead you. Yes, and then it also came with a locked bag that had a uh, you had to plug in the code for that was it. Guest open. Yeah, and that was and it was like it's not like the code was that tough to figure out. Like again, this is the easy game, so we found a you know there's a clue in the box that that gives you the numbers. Um, it lets you put the numbers together and figure it out. Whereas uh, Noah just started guessing stuff, and on his second try, he pulled the thing open. Well, because he, right he got he got he got he he figured out what the last number was from a clue. He got one of the numbers, and so then he yeah, and then he's he like, started. okay, well, there's only twelve combinations left to pick from. So yeah, so I'm anyway, gonna brute force my way through this. Yeah, and so he got it in two guesses, which was kind of sad, but then. Immediately after he did it, we looked and we found the right thing. We like, oh, duh, of course, right. Um, uh, there's because I, some... I wanted to go out of my way to just be like, okay, so here's how we would have gotten that, right? Um, there were some codes to break, and they it was logical reasons for why people would be writing things in code. Uh huh. Um, I was wondering they how were... they were going to implement that. Yeah. Um, uh, but also the game being a beginner version of the game, it gave us a walkthrough of solving codes. And then the code itself that we found was way more complex yes. than the basics they gave us, which I appreciated. Yes. They gave us the basics of code breaking, but then it was um, implemented in a way that was not just a simple brute force substitution. And it gives from me the... so many ideas for my D&D campaigns. Right? And so um, so overall, and we're, we're, we're obviously couching all of this very carefully so as not to give anything away. If you want to play it, God, go get it. It's really well worth your time. Um, this is not anything uh, 
There's not anything too stringent or, or difficult. Again, beginner version. Can't say that often enough. Um, but we had a great time. And, uh, and we will absolutely be doing more of these in the future, especially when we have this many people together. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I also, by the way, for Christmas, I got, uh, we got Dixit, which I hear is really good. I've heard lots of great things about it. It comes highly recommended. Uh, we were going to play that this weekend, but uh, the time just got away from us. You know, Man, this whole weekend has just been I'm sure to hunt a killer, if you get one of their like uh, expert final boxes, you just open it, and there's just a single note that says, Who's the Zodiac Killer? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? And um, then, the weirdest thing is they still have the solution envelope over to the side. <laughs> and um, in addition to Dixit, which which we haven't gotten around to yet, um, well, the other one I haven't either, is uh, another game called Bang, which I didn't tell you Bang. about this. Um the game of Bang. It's a card game. It looks like a card game, but you've got little play mats in front of you to lay your cards on, and um, you are trying to pick off other players, but I, it's got hidden roles to it, so one person's the sheriff. It's his job to get all the outlaws. The outlaw's job is to, well, pick off the sheriff, but also, they can get bonus points if they pick off each other, too. So, um, um, And then there's other roles in the game, so you can have up to seven different roles to be played, and and as a hidden identity game, uh, a social game like that, I think it would be a lot of fun to play. I just I was just going through the rules earlier, and uh, and Bang looks pretty good. I'll, I'll let you guys know as soon as we try it. Um, anything else for the gaming table? I think um, we're good. It is becoming increasingly difficult to get my campaign together. What? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, oh, just to to. To schedule a time? Yeah, because it's almost like we're all adults with our own lives or something. Yeah, you know, you don't want that. That is Ow. that is the toughest part. That's why um, now that uh, uh, our Rune Lords campaign... Yeah, for those of you who have been following, um, you remember how excited I was uh, back when we first started this campaign. And I, have, I visited our Pathfinder campaign uh, several times over the years. Uh, Rise of the Rune Lords um, and my character Dothan. Um we have now, we just passed our eight-year anniversary, and we are maybe done with it. Maybe not. Like, we just we just finished a final boss battle that feels like it's the end, and so now we're all ready to go home. But we're still playing stuff, and so I don't know if this is just another extra session or two to kind of wrap up, go home, and have our big happy ending. Or if this is our, we're going to wrap up, go home, and then just when we think we're getting our we're happy We're going to go home and turns out it's been burned down. Right, we're going to get attacked from the sky. Uh, I don't know which it is, but either way, we are right at the end of this. We're just about done. And thus, building up to play our next game, because as adults who have difficulty scheduling shit, we've got a group with a time locked down right. that works. We're going to keep going. All right. So, so I'm going pro- to propose to you some, some end-of-campaign scenarios. And I want you to rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay. Alright. Classic ending. You've beaten the boss. You go home. You celebrate. And that is where these characters are done being played. Right. That's the happy ending. Right. Everyone everyone gets to wrap up their character arc in some 
hopefully satisfying way, but the big bad guy is dead, we've saved the world, or whatever our mission was, and we're ready to wrap up. That is, that's pretty classic. Out of ten, yeah, I'll give that a seven. That's good. It's a good satisfying ending. Okay. Uh, the another round ending, which uh, the gods see that they have that they are these great adventurers and offer them, look, you work really well together, but you've grown too strong. We'll send you back to level one if you want to go for another round. Oof. Oof. I don't like that one at all. Really? Well, sure. Because I've just played, I've just played this character for, I mean, in this case, eight years. But let's say it was a more traditional campaign where we played for two or three years because we were playing live sessions every week instead of online sessions every other week. Um, once I get done, and I've played out that character, and I've gotten to the end, I'm done with that character. I've We've advanced from first level to 15th, um, and thus, I've done everything I want to do with Dothan. And I am now really excited to try something new, and in fact, we're going to play Pathfinder 2 for the next game. Um, so I'm just excited to try new things. But and, that's and, 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 and again, the, the, all these scenarios are at level 20, what do you do? Right, right. The final one is, well, can we go further than gods? R- okay. If you get to level 20-ish, and you decide that, okay, we've wrapped up, we've had this big thing, and now... You know what? Let's just keep it rolling. This is just an ongoing campaign. You know, it. In this one, we're let's see how many Tarasks we can beat at once. Well, this, this, I, to me, it's the kind of thing where it's not so much a huge questing arc that right. wraps up at level twenty. It is a series of victories of which, when you hit level twenty or whatever, that's just one more step along the way right. to. To okay, well now what's the next adventure? You know, we every arc takes us three or four levels. Well, now this is just yet another arc. Right. That one on a scale of one to ten. Again, if that's what your players are into, shit, yeah, eight, nine. I mean, I'm I'm fine with all right. But the idea of continuing on, if you all want to play that, because aside from the the classic "you're done, you're done" ending, I have heard. Death threats thrown over any other kind of ending. I've heard people defending it. I've heard people say, do what you want to do. But I've heard people uh, swear up and down the wall that that is the worst way you could do something. How dare you do it that specific way? Really? Oh. Yeah, so it's good to get another seasoned DM's opinion on. Yeah, well, as, as again, most recently a player of the same character for eight years... My personal preference right now is, yeah, let's wrap these up and and let's get me a new character, start over at first level, and let's get this going. I, I just want to try something different because, um, you know, I've been playing a, a bard who is a half-orc teenage girl. I've been playing this character for eight years. I'm My next one is going to be... You're, you're done being a teenage girl on the internet? <laughs> yes. I'm go- Now, my next one is going to be a seasoned dwarf sailor who is a fighter, but a dwarf sailor. That's you gotta, you gotta memorize all them dwarven swears? I, no, I don't swear. You, you gotta swear, you're a sailor. Okay, I'll swear like a sailor, that's fine. But, um, 
Yeah, doing something different. That's and I'm excited about that. But whatever people want to do, I mean, that's mm-hmm. I totally get it. Um, okay, next up, um, that that oh oh, all right, science corner. Oh, she blinded me with science. She blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. And that music means if you don't walk away now, you might be in danger of learning something. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go go ahead, fake fan. Talk about it. It turns out, it turns out, yeah, that the original topic we were going to talk about here was a few weeks ago when uh, uh, they were getting the James Webb Space Telescope. <laughs> which now nah, I don't know if, if you guys have heard me talk about the James Webb Space Telescope. Huge fan. I have yes. been waiting for this thing. A huge fake fan, yes. I've been waiting for this since way back when it was supposed to launch in 2018, and then didn't. And then 2019, and then didn't. And now, and then finally, it, was supposed to, it was supposed to launch in November of 2021. And then they were getting it ready, and they fucking dropped it. They dropped it. What is... Were you what? How dare you? How long was it before anyone in that room started breathing again? I am telling you. It is... To me, the idea, like, like all of a sudden it thunk, and everybody would just freeze. Like, <laughs> oh, it was a 15-foot drop. Yeah. It wasn't a thunk. And turns out, apparently, it's well enough to be launched because it went off yesterday morning. And uh, went off without a hitch. My son, my son who loves me and knows how much I care about James Webb, called me at 6 o'clock in the morning and said, hey, I know you said you were really tired, but this is your last chance. 15 minutes till launch. It's 15 minutes till launch. Do you want to get up and watch the live stream with me? And I said, I have a sinus headache and I'm going back to sleep. But thank you. I love you very much, but go away. I'm going to sleep. So that's why that's why he's calling me a fake fan is because I'm not dedicated enough to get up and watch the launch. He was... He, he is so not dedicated... Enough to just take 15 minutes out of his day Look, for the greatest scientific instrument to ever be put I, into space by man. I have seen launches before. I'm not, I'm not interested one, in the launch. This one was so rad because by the time we lost visual, they brought up an entire 3D recreation of exactly what the rocket is doing right now. Yeah? But again, I don't. I don't care about the launch. I care that it actually gets to orbit safely. You got to see how the rocket worked as it was working. I I just wanted to get where it's going, and I want it to start sending me pictures of other planets. I want it to start sending me nudes. I want it, I want it to send back. I want it to directly image planets orbiting other stars and send me back that information. I want it. I want James Webb. To show me what the beginning of the universe looks like. Well, uh, close to it. James Webb can see back 14 billion years. No, no, it can see back to 1.2 million years after the Big Bang. Look, and I, I, well, I get it, I get it, because because at some point... Or it, some number roughly right, there. So, so at some point, it looks far enough back, well, far enough into space to see back in time... To the point where the entire universe is so white hot that you can't see anything else because it's just blinding. Because right. the entire universe is essentially the equivalent of staring into the sun like your Trump during yes. an eclipse. Alright. No, he was staring into the moon, excuse you. <laughs> so, 
Um, but but James Webb is going to do things that Hubble only dreamed of doing, and uh, and it's going to be amazing. Look, it between Hubble so and I James assume, Webb... So I assume they're sending those pictures back, like, next week? Is that... Six months. So, like, maybe, maybe like, the second what week I of the find, new year? What I find fascinating is this launch was the most picture-perfect launch we have ever done. Uh, according to the launch projection to the actual launch, I believe the statistic was a .001% deviation okay. through the entire launch. I'll give you that. Sure. But it is 25 minutes of thrust to at the outskirts of our orbit. Spring-powered. Just give it one little extra push off into space. Uh-huh. And that's the direction it's going to drift for six months. Right. Before it will just lose its momentum after all that time and stop exactly orbiting Lagrange 2. Pretty awesome, actually. That is some... That is some down-to-the-decimal science. To the point where... We know exactly how much explosives to pack into an object so that it rolls to a stop exactly here. Okay. A million miles away from Earth. Just real quick. For those of you who uh, who go to my website, um, nerdprideradio.com slash babble, uh, those are our forums, it, I have a thread there um, called, oh, I don't know, Cool Animation, uh, what is it? Uh, let me find it, because I'm going to show Aiden here in just a second. Are you on uh, pause the episode? And... Yes, that, that's in fact exactly what we're going to do. Um, well, yeah, you know what, let's pause first, and then I'll ask questions later. Okay, that's it. If you go to uh, if you go to the forums at nerdprideradio.com slash babble, and then uh, go to the Nerd Talk forums, is a thread called The Solar System is a Spirograph, and it comes from Numberphile, and it is just great... A great way to visualize uh, orbital mechanics in our solar system. And the thing about it is it shows uh, the quote-unquote Earth's second moon, uh, Kruthni, or however it is you pronounce that name, which is an asteroid that it's always been described to me that it is Earth's second moon, and it seems to orbit the Earth in a kidney bean-shaped path. And then there's really weird explanations for why it looks the way it does when it orbits the Earth. And it turns out that you watch this video, and no, it doesn't orbit the Earth at all. It orbits the Sun in our same... Yeah, it orbits the Sun, and it has it's in resonance with Earth, so they both take a year to go around the Sun. And if you just trace its path relative to Earth, then it looks like a kidney bean shape, but if you look trace its path relative to the Sun, it's just a regular old elliptical orbit around the Sun. It's not a big deal. It just looks funny from the Earth's perspective. That's all. And it was really cool. And I really love this video. And I really think everyone should go go to Numberphile and check out uh, their video about Earth's second moon. Um, or go to my forums to find it faster because I don't know how to search for it on Numberphile. I don't remember the exact title because I'm too lazy to look it up. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, that was it for our science corner. And then, what's the next one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is... Uh, oh, 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 crap. Get the little ones out of the room. Make sure you're sitting down for this. Nerd rage. 
came flashing back. And I just looked at him and went, Rrr! That's right, it's time for some nerd rage. You look like you're falling asleep. You don't look ragey, dude. I'm just preparing. Okay. Uh, well, the first topic under nerd rage, neither of these are mine. Uh, the first topic here is SCP lawsuit. All right, so let's talk about the SCP Foundation. Okay. It quick, is a quick summary. collective writing project by a bunch of people on the internet, and it is free to use by anybody. Right. What does SCP stand for? Secure, Contain, Protect. Okay, Secure, Contain, Protect. And if I understand correctly, all of these SCP articles are about odd anomalies, phenomena, uh, beings, creatures, whatever, and most of them are are being written about as... A hundred percent of them. Are being written about as specimens that are captive at the SCP facility in some way. Each article is a documentation on the description and how to contain this anomalous object, creature, or event. Right. So a guy in Russia yeah. decided he wanted to make an art book of SCPs. Okay. And to protect that he then trademarked SCP. Oh. So, he took an open source shared writing world. Yes. Created artwork based on that shared writing. Yes. And then trademarked the name that it all operated under. Yes. And thus, is he then claiming ownership over the SCP site? He went to the owns- people who own the SCP site and said, you better start letting me run this shit because I own this property. Wow. But didn't they already have some sort of collective commons copyright statements? Anything? Nope. Not technically. And also nothing that affects... A guy in Russia. I don't give a crap about a guy in Russia, because um, if the rest of the world disagrees, then right. Then so I think he's, he's unenforceable. Well, no, he is. He's absolutely enforceable. That's what the lawsuit's about. Well, okay, yes, I get that. I'm saying if they had made any kind of copyright statement anywhere. Right. That, yeah. But, uh, well, actually, they technically did. But apparently it's not good enough, as the top of the site does read, each article does belong to its prospective author. Yeah. But apparently that just doesn't fly under copyright or trademarks. Huh. So anyway, we're suing this guy. And the entire foundation, all the people under it, all the writers, all the fans, come together and we make this legal fund. And... We lost. Yeah. The Eurasian trade union, trade whatever, said that no, he absolutely owns this. Huh. And so we've moved on into an appeal, into a higher court, because that's horseshit. Sure. And it, it just, it doesn't make any sense that we have proof that we have been working on this stuff for years. And when Aiden, over a decade. Yeah, when Aiden says we, 
Aiden has been an SCP fan follower. Fan and author. How dare you? Yeah, I just said contributor. <laughs> for uh, a lot of years. He started babbling on about this stuff ages ago. Um, Middle school. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, heavily involved. And, okay. Yeah, I find it... I find it ludicrous that... We have proof that we have been here without him for over a decade. Right. There is, there is, yeah, there's incontrovertible proof that this is not his creation and that he has merely created derivative works from this creation, but because... Because somebody forgot to put the copyright statement on the first Night of the Living Dead movie... Zombies have been public domain ever since. But this is even is worse. That, is that how that is? Yeah, literally somebody forgot to put the copyright statement on the movie. Like oh. it just didn't just didn't have that little imprint. I think because they changed they reshot or they changed the scene that they were going to use for the title and whoever re-edited that back in didn't put a copyright statement on it yeah. and thus that's the reason that zombies in their current form are public domain. Which is a stupid concept. Yeah, I mean, right. You know, it's great for zombie fans. It was great for Romero. Holy crap! He's made tons of money off of this, uh, despite not owning the thing that he created. Uh, but but it, it, that no longer works anymore. When you take a community that has existed for twenty years now, uh-huh. with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of fans, tens of thousands of contributors, hundreds of thousands of articles, uh-huh. and one guy can just go to an office and say, yes, I own this. Uh-huh. After doing one art book on the project. Uh-huh. Is just baffling and idiotic to me. Was the art any good? I have not seen any of it, and I okay. refuse to go to his website and pay to see it. Well, right, 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 right. Well, I just wonder if the art was any good, because I'm wondering, was he sincere in his initial creation? And yes, then, he oh, wanted to publish. And then later figured out that, oh, hey, look, if I play my cards right, I could just own all of it. Or did he know. go into creating the art with the intent that I'm going to create my own derivative work and then use that derivative work in order to lay claim to all of it? Either even if he had good intentions to begin with, that doesn't matter. He's a piece oh, yeah. of shit. No, no, I'm just oh, obviously. I'm just curious. I'm just curious about the order of events, that's all. Mm-hmm. So But I digress. <laughs> interesting. Huh. Well, you'll have to keep me posted on how that turns out. Because uh-huh. that is uh terrible that he's allowed to do that. Alright. Still under the nerd rage uh Heading is... So we live in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. Do you know, uh, you know we've got a lot of QAnon believers around here. Well, sure, some. I get it. I had a co-worker approach me the other day and start showing me all this QAnon stuff as if it were a Bible. Uh-huh. Now, this same employee, about two months before... Him and I go back and forth on vaccines, and he just ends up calling me an idiot for getting it. But right, right. He comes to me with the smuggest look on his face, 
saying, we finally found the chemical in vaccines that are killing people. He said, oh, really? I'd love to hear. He goes, yeah, it's squalene. And I go, hold that thought. And I Google squalene. Mm -hmm. And then I pull up the chemical sheet for it and set my phone down. Please. Uh, I'm not going to name names. We'll call him Glenn. Please, Glenn, inform me about Squally. And, well, it's this chemical that they get from this, that, or the other thing, which was incorrect. And it's used in cosmetics. Like makeup. And they're putting it in vaccines. Right. So, so putting it in makeup means it's, it's safe to consume and apply to your body. And I said, Glenn, squally is a fish oil derivative mostly found in shark's livers. Its main property is that it uh, provides absorption into the bloodstream, cells, and skin, which would be very helpful in a vaccine. It has been used in medications, cosmetics, and food production for many, many, many years. I got this with seven keystrokes on my phone. You got yours. Like eight, because you have to enter or search, right? You got yours by listening to someone ramble at you for 20 minutes without any fact check. Please, Google one word. Well, okay, so, except that except that Wikipedia is full of lies. Except it wasn't Wikipedia; it was the CDC uh, or FDA, whatever. Okay, well, controls chemical. The, look, we've already we've already shown that the government can't be trusted. I mean, Fauci was the one who's been pushing all the and stuff on us in the so first place. So I then googled the chemical. Can't remember what it's called now, but it is the chemical in apples that makes it smell like apples. And so wait, the vaccine will make me smell like apples? So, I'm like, okay, this chemical here. They're putting it in pastries. But they also put it in fabric softener. They they put it in cosmetics. They they put it, and I just keep listing this shit off. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awful. I'm like, yeah. And the worst part is it just makes things smell like apples. You're funny. And then I went on my whole hydrogen monoxide rant. Yeah. Sorry, dihydrogen monoxide. Uh-huh. About how they use it to manufacture rubber boots. And they're trying to put this in our Subway sandwiches. Do you, do you really want to be this angry during the holiday season? Yes. When we're full of love and togetherness? Look, look, look. We just played Hunt a Killer as a family. I wasn't going to put this on Nerd Rage, but you, you forced my hand. What? I hate Christmas. What? I hate Christmas. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, people. You forced my hand, Mike. He loves Christmas. No. He loves being with his family. He loves spent. Now, he to loves be honest, I mostly hate what Christmas has become. I hate that the moment Halloween ends, it's suddenly Christmas. I believe that if you really, 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 really love Christmas, you have 
three days before Christmas and three days after to celebrate it. Now, now you can have all the way up. You can have all the way from Christmas to New Year's. No, no. Yes. I have heard Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." One hundred and ninety-five times this year. Okay, let me let me explain something. Yes, to you. I wrote it down. Listen, I have been keeping track. I get it, Ebenezer. But here's the thing: this year we went. We decided because we we saw the scare stories about how supply chain disruptions were going to cause problems for getting things shipped this year, and how we need to start our our Christmas shopping early. And so uh, your mother and I went out before Thanksgiving. Like, we didn't even wait for Black Friday. We went out a week before Thanksgiving to do the basics of the holiday shopping. So, for example, that socks and underwear that you love to get every year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we bought those the week before Thanksgiving, um, as well as those blue jeans and uh, the some of these basics. Well, and when we got to Kohl's in Sioux City, we got to Kohl's to do some of this shopping. They were playing Christmas music the week before Thanksgiving. Like, I know. I know. I know. Some people they talk about starting at Halloween. That wasn't really that's Hobby Lobby, baby. Yeah, yeah. They've got their seasons for stuff, but uh, this one was yeah mid November, and and they were playing the music, and they had the Christmas decorations up, and and you know what? We got all of our Christmas shopping done super early. We just had some some random stuff that we kind of filled in over time. But I had everything completed a week and a half, two weeks before Christmas. I had the very last of those those uh, straggler tasks all taken care of. Ah, it was a lovely season. Right. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, a holiday that requires you to uh, boost the economy, right? To to play into the, the capitalist hand of the once, oligarchy once, that runs our country. Once again. We bought each of you kids. We got one big gift for each of you, but but then we bought we bought underwear and socks. We bought jeans and shirts, and uh, everyone gets a book, a T-shirt, stuff that. Well, okay, the book is just because I don't know. We just like getting you guys books, but there's a lot of necessities, a lot of things that that you were gonna have to buy anyway, and we're just nice enough that we wanted to do that for you and be able to. And somehow I'm part of the evil machine. Is that yes. what you're saying? Oh. Yep. So sad. Name me another holiday that requires you... There isn't another holiday because Christmas is the king of holidays. How do you not see that? Name me another holiday whose major iconic mascot, the way he looks today, was invented by a beverage company to sell beverage. Yeah, look. So our holidays are all defined by corporate greed. Uh, and a lot of them were invented by Hallmark just to sell more cards. I mean, okay. But the important thing is that we implemented a new tradition this year. And from now on, Christmas is going to involve Nacho Bar. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, sure. It promotes togetherness and the spirit of giving. But how much does that really mean when there's a goddamn deadline? Why why not just organize a time to to sit down and exchange things when 
the whole world isn't doing it because they feel like they have to. Because we had one crockpot that was just full of taco meat, and then another crockpot with nacho cheese, and then we had like an array of vegetables in little tubs on ice. Um, we had salsas, and we had guacamole and, and sour cream, and we just did a whole nacho bar, and everybody was thrilled because, because nacho bar takes, what, half an hour, 45 minutes of prep, as opposed to, you know, having to cook a turkey? Oh, God, nacho bar was awesome. I love Nacho Bar. But it's this whole thing that I think I've just been conditioned to hate Christmas. Because for two whole years, I had someone else's Christmas tree standing in my living room. Of which I could not touch because it was not mine. That was your friend, uh, Uh, John. We call him John. Oh my god, you're right! It is time for Nerd Pride's favorite game show! Not. It's time for my friend John. That's right. It is time for my friend John, Nerd Pride's favorite game show, where uh, I where I propose a problem that my friend, we'll call him John to protect the innocent, uh, has been having, and uh, it's Mike's job to uh, not only give them advice but uh. Tell me if he knows this John in the form of the character, the actor who played them, and the property that they are from. Okay. Are you ready, Mike? Yes. All right. Uh, this one comes to us from uh, a friend of mine. We'll call him John. Uh-huh. Uh, and John, um, he's an English teacher. And uh, he, he's pretty young, pretty new age. But uh, he he gets sent to an all-boys institution that is extremely old school. Okay. So even though he is more of a new age kind of teacher, would it be better to stick with the way this school has been taught and would like to continue to be taught? Or would it be better for him to stick to his guns and to teach in this new way that he feels would be more interesting. Oh, um, he absolutely needs to uh, needs to go out on a limb. He needs to do his own thing. He needs to to defy authority and ins- inspire these young men. Does he? Yes. Inspire them to do what exactly? I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping you stand on desks. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you might know my friend John. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I, look, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly. They're right now. These these boys are trapped. They're trapped in a, in a system that is oppressive. It doesn't let them express themselves. They need to go out there and they need to seize the day. Make the most of, of this time that they have. That's what I think. Uh, this is, of course... Uh, um, from Dead Poets Society. This yes. is uh, um, Professor John O'Captain, my captain. And um, I'm pretty sure that was his name. I heard them say it to him many times. And <laughs> and John O'Captain, my captain, was played by Robin Williams. I will give you three points out of four. His Damn. name was John Keaton. Keaton. Oh, I should have known that. Dang it. All right, that was pretty good, though. 
All right. <laughs> that was not a bad round. That was not a bad round at all. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Right, Christmas tree. And on this Christmas tree, we're covering each light, were these little spike balls. They were like caltrops, and they fell off all the time. So every time I'd be walking across my living room, I'd get, it was a hundred times worse than a Lego. Ten times worse than a D4. You stepped on this, you were guaranteed to bleed. Okay. I think the problem is that this year we didn't have the sign made up, but next year we are going to have a framed sign to go behind the table that says Nacho Ordinary Christmas. Because, you know, we're so quirky and different. (laughs) And we'll even put quotes around the word nacho just to make sure that you get it. Because you get it, right? You get it? Yeah, I get it. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Because who doesn't love a nacho bar? I think I'm done raging. Okay, sweet. I will. All raged out. Um, In that case... Oh, my God. Can I get, like, a reggae, like, bluegrass topic reggae band named All Raged Out? (sighs) That would be pretty good. Like, they're like the fight songs for the working class in reggae style. I could do that. That's pretty good. So, 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 like, like, like... It's stand up for yourself. Fight for the working class, but don't stand up too fast. You might you might get dizzy. <laughs> okay, uh, we actually we actually have only one thing left before we have to get to the potomatic, and that is uh, um, uncomfortable topics. No, it's not uncomfortable topics. I'm skipping uncomfortable topics because you already made it uncomfortable enough by going straight from rage into I hate Christmas. That was part of rage. So we're gonna save we're gonna save uncomfortable topics for next time. And instead, uh, this week's Eat, Drink, and Be Cheesy segment, for which I'm not going to play the music right now, uh, but normally it would be Prince uh, singing uh, the little intro song for us. Uh, Instead, Eat, Drink, and Be Cheesy is brought to you by my brother Kyle. My brother Kyle, who sent us a package of illegal chips. These These are the flavors the government doesn't want you to taste. Right. And here, here in this box, we have... Three flavors of illegal chips. And the premise behind these chips is they are flavors of things that are banned in the United States. Things that are illegal to serve in the United States. And so they're not giving us the actual flavor or the actual ingredient, but they are giving us, hopefully, a taste of these illegal substances. So, the first one... Ever taste a horse? It's horse meat. So, horse meat flavored chips. How do you feel about horse meat? It's definitely similar in flavor. I see that they're actually trying to go for actual horse meat. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely got like that like like that dry meat flavor quality to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very savory. Yeah, kind of like a dirty savory. I don't know if they, I mean, like, I mean, horse meat is just meat. You can prepare it however you want. Yeah, but how, but how does it compare to actual horse meat? If, if I, if you told me I was eating a chip that was trying to taste like horse meat, I would tell you, okay, yeah, it's pretty close. Oh, I was implying that you've eaten horse meat. I have eaten horse meat. When have you eaten horse meat? I plead the fifth to protect me and my friends. Okay, fine, 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 fine. 
Next up, the one that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to enjoy. And yeah, it's a, like I say, horse meat is definitely not a flavor of chip that I would choose. But um, I get it. And it's not it's not awful. It's not unpleasant. Now, these next two flavors, I don't have the real world comparison. And I also didn't have the real world comparison for the first one either. So That's right. Uh, this one is the one I'm pretty sure I'm not going to like. It's Fugu Poison Blowfish. Ever taste of blowfish? Ever taste of blowfish? These are the government. Yeah, these are flavors the government doesn't want you to try. You're right. From Illegal Al, the alligator, who is apparently their mascot. All right. So, poison blowfish. I'm assuming they're going to taste Ooh, like seafood. That is. It smell it. It is a fishy salt and vinegar. Oh, it is. Huh. Okay. Oh. Oh. Is this fish and chips? It is. Is this what you Brit freaks oh. enjoy? Ah. Oh. That is a fish tasting chip. That is so foul. That no, is... wait, no, that's not foul because chicken would be an improvement over this. That the fish does oh. not belong in powdered form. Oh my god. It feels like I've licked a lake bed. Wait, you guys don't make fish powders? Okay, we look. We used to make pollock and salmon, but not anymore because it's not as profitable. We tr- oh. we tried shark, but apparently shark just turns into jerky and does not powder properly. Ugh. Ugh. Alright, poison blowfish is the, maybe, maybe the worst flavored Ugh. chip I've ever had in my life. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't worse ones out there. I'm just saying I've never tried them. Yeah. Oh, that is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The, the aftertaste is I have just licked the bottom of a lake. Oh, God, that is so bad. But notice I'm I'm carefully folding up the top of the bag to preserve freshness. In hey, case here, Yancey, try bag. this. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly where these are going. Um, all right. And now, finally, uh, the last one is... Uh, you ever taste a maggot? Kasumarzu. Which is the maggot cheese. This is especially, this which, is the real reason that Yancey needs to try these. Which but, is a delicacy in other countries, but is illegal here in America because American politicians are like, ew, gross. Yeah, well, it, because the process of making maggot cheese allows this this cheese soup, really. I mean, it's like a very soft, kind of gross yes. thing. And it, it becomes infested with maggots that eat their way through this cheese over and over. And apparently... Something in the processing enzymes, the digestive enzymes of it. Something and eventually the, once it turns into cheese, all the maggots are dead. Something in maggot poop uh, makes it taste better. And no, no, actually what happens is that it then uh, uh, it gets cold enough that they all just freeze and die. See, here's the thing, though. Or they leave. Is they that turn into flies and if we off. could switch all protein to insect, we could save the freaking planet. Right. Oh, it smells like cheese. Yeah. I can't imagine I'm not going to like this. Hmm. I have no basis of comparison other than it's a mild cheese. It's, <laughs> it's as if someone someone in Switzerland decided that they were going to make American-style cheese-flavored potato chips, and this was their... No. This no, was their mad it's, it's cheese flavor. than that. It's like if you went to if if you went to uh, the Vatican City, 
to the Vatican equivalent of a 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. And you found a chip marked Mild Cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like... Not even, like, mild cheddar. It's, like... It is, like... If you if you were to say the word cheese and that became a food... If... Is mozzarella too intense for you? <laughs> Try some of our mild mozzarella Swiss. I mean, this is... Like, like I guess what we're getting at is, it's definitely a cheese, but neither of us have had it before. Mm-hmm. Which... If this is what maggot cheese tastes like, I mean, I'd... I'd be willing to try the real thing. Right. Look, I can I can get by on some of this. It's look, not it is not an intense cheese flavor, but it is a cheese look, flavored chip. I've eaten maggots, I've eaten crickets, I've eaten grasshopper, I've eaten scorpions. I've never eaten scorpions. I've uh, done the I've crickets. eaten tarantula. Really? I also had a cockroach once. The cockroach got me because there's just so much shell. Ugh. No thank you. But I mean I'm I'm sure that if I, you know, Seasoned it and had it regularly. I'm sure I'd get over it. Okay, um, that wasn't bad. All right, not bad at all. Well, now as it turns out, uh, we have absolutely no time whatsoever uh, for the Potomatic. And uh, we got, oh, so we're gonna skip. We're gonna skip over. God, oh, come on, eleven. Potomatic. At the end of every cast, we bring out R2 and his fully pimped out Potomatic bubble. And he rolls up random topics for us to talk about. And where these topics come from, you ask. Well, that is where you come in. You want to hear us hey, Ron, about something? You send your question or topic to me by email, or better yet, in a private message on my forums at nerdbrightradio.com slash babble. We'll add it to our Potomatic list because Potomatic is about whatever you, you want, want it to, to be. be. So, I have my own R2 at home. Yes. yes and you I do. can't remember who said it. I think it might have been Ryan. But I bumped R2 off of my desk, and he started to roll away. And whoever it was said, oh no, now it's an escape automatic." <laughs> That's pretty Which good. was a good joke. That's, I'm, I'm impressed. Alright, uh, so this was what, 11 you said? 11 I said. 11 is, oh shoot. Oh no. That's a monster? Well, it is, but I have. You'll notice that I have not oh, yet boy. cleared out the other one. So we're just gonna have to. It doesn't matter. We're, we're, in, we're only doing we're one in number dodge. Yeah, we're only doing one anyway. Right. So, um, this is from Ronster. Ronster says, "What are some podcasts that you have listened to that you don't like?" Mm. Um, here, let me open up my list. You have a <laughs> list of podcasts you hate? No. I have a list of podcasts that I listen to or used to listen to, and I'll go to the one I haven't listened to uh, for the longest. <laughs> ah, see, I just cleared mine out. Um, yeah, look, there's a bunch of podcasts that I've tuned into, but I don't want to badmouth anybody because, uh, you know, everything's got its audience, and uh, and just because I don't like it, you know, like... I don't know. Okay, here's here's a category of podcasts I can't listen to. I cannot listen to actual play podcasts of role-playing games. Other people playing role-playing games for some reason, and I've tried a bunch of them, and there's a few that I have found interesting oh, for... Oh, no, you're, you're right, you're right. It is Adventures, huh? What? Uh, the McElroy's D&D podcast. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's I can't get behind, you know, critical role Yeah Adventure I've, Zone, that right. kind of thing. I've I've tried so many of them. You, you know, some of them with podcasters and celebrities that I really, really love. And uh, some of them with celebrities you've met and had interviews with. Right. And I have enjoyed maybe an episode or two, but the long term, I just get bored with it. And I just, um, and again, I know that they are exciting and they are popular and people love them. It's just not, not for me. I just I don't know what, don't know what it is about it. Uh, there's one... Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Dave, Dave, what's the name of the one that you had me listen to with the, uh, the old guy? It was a Starfinder game. They did a Starfinder Christmas special. And so they had uh, a bunch of disposable uh, goblin-style characters that, uh, um, that, I mean, it was just, it was comedy. And it was great. It was a really, really great episode. Um, and I'm sure those, but I tried listening to their, their full-on Starfinder campaign when they first uh, started doing stuff, uh, and and I listened to about three or four episodes, and then it's like, yeah, just like it always is with actual play podcasts. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I like the guys. I like their game. I just, I just don't, I just don't want to listen to it, and and I don't know why. So, um, but other than that, I can't. I know I have listened to a ton of of. Like stand-up comedians that get their own podcast, and it's always them. At least in the first dozen episodes, it's them interviewing other stand-up comedians, and they have them on with some particular gimmick unique to their show. Um, like Lauren Lapkus did one where uh, every week she brings on some new guest who interviews her. So she is always, always the special guest, Lauren Lapkus, and she gets interviewed. And I love Lauren Lapkus. I've listened to other podcasts with her. I love, I love her. And it just didn't like that style. I didn't like, you know, again, just a, and they're all personal taste. How about you? Um, I'm right there with you, but I think I have found the best podcast in existence. Nerd Pride Radio? No, better than that even. So imagine you have five guys. And once a year... Wait, this is a podcast we've never talked about before, right? I'm not saying that. <laughs> they come together once a year. And they watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. And then convene on Thanksgiving to speak about it. Have you watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 yet? Where can I do that? Uh, I rented it on Prime. And I saw hey, can it. I, can, I, can I rent something on Prime while I'm here? <laughs> and... I here's my problem is I rented it on Prime and I meant to buy it instead of just renting it because uh, you know what's an extra three four bucks I meant to just buy the damn thing so that YouTube so that you could then watch it with me um, instead I rented it and, um, and I forgot about up, it yeah well no I wound up watching it myself and uh, I saw Paul Blart Mall Cop yes way back. And I thought the original Paul Blart Mall Cop was a cute, amusing story. It was a very clear Die Hard parody. Right. It was, what if it was Die Hard, but with super low stakes, with a security guard in a mall? That's really all Oh, yeah, I can is. get it on YouTube. And there are, there are scene-for-scene scene matches between Paul Blart Mall Cop and Die Hard. Speaking of Die Hard, what a wonderful Christmas movie. 
What a great Christmas movie. And so I had a good time watching Paul Blart Mall Cop. It was dumb. I mean, it's still a Happy Madison production, but... Is it? I think so. Well, maybe not. Maybe not the original. I think two is. But I don't know if the original is a Happy Madison or not. I shouldn't jump to conclusions. But, uh, I, like I say, I enjoyed it. It was cute. It wasn't great, but it was cute, and it was fun. And then I hear these guys making fun of Paul Bart Mall Cop 2 every year when they have to watch it again. Every year. And, and I'm like, this cannot be as bad as they're making it out to be. Although, okay, let me, let me finish mine. I watched Paul Bart Mall Cop 2. It is bad. It is really bad. It's not, like, the first one was cute, but kind of a throwaway fluff film sort of thing. Whereas Paul Bart Mall Cop 2 is just... It is a... Both of them are Happy Madison productions. Yeah. Not surprised. Um, to a point where Adam Sandler is top build producer. Right. Right. And see, do you hear what the best part about both these movies are? They're fun to watch. But they wouldn't be if Adam Sandler starred in them. <laughs> this, no, the second movie, not fun. The second movie is mean. Not really. It is mean and stupid. It is mean. What Chekhov's done show? Uh, okay, again, that's only entertaining because these guys have made so much fun of it that you're waiting for the Chekhov's gun show. You're waiting for the guy to say, glue foam. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> glue foam. Why does he put the emphasis on the foam? Um, so, the, no, two is not a good movie in any way. Whereas one is, you know, at least vaguely redeemable. Two is not. And so it just amazed me that... Uh, also, is, is, is the banana scene as... Prominent as they make it after. Oh yeah, no the banana the banana scene is just straight up. I just, you just can't even believe it. It's like, oh my no, stop! I, I I'll just tell you guys the banana scene is a dude. In, in, they're having a conversation, and this dude is having his lunch, and he pulls a banana out of his out of his lunch, and it is a brown banana, and he peels it, and it is still a brown banana. And then he just eats it. Like, that's the whole joke, is the guy, just as if as if it were an ordinary lunch, he's just eating this very brown banana. It's, it's intense and weird. Um, <laughs> the fact that you describe eating a banana as intense. But the thing that shocks me is these guys have been watching... Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 for so long, they have such Stockholm Syndrome with this movie that they finally, during the middle of the pandemic, they decided they would throw out a bonus episode where they would all watch the first movie. They all watched the first movie and they all hated it and thought it was really inadequate and not nearly as good as the second one, even though the second one is terrible. The first one was so much worse. Were, were, were they being sarcastic? Or? No! No! They were very, very sincere, and it was so funny to listen to them. Because again, if you okay. if you lock if you lock a hundred people in a room with nothing but a stack of photos of Joe Biden Biden eating a eating a sandwich, after two weeks they'll all come out with extremely strong opinions about which pictures Look. are the best. Look. I guess if your job 
is to review one movie once a year for the rest of your life. Uh huh. You don't want to admit that the prequel is better. <laughs> Except that I think their intent was they wanted to pick the worst movie they could think of. And they did. Look, I no, I think they wanted to pick the worst movie they could think of above a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Was it, is it above 30% on Rotten Tomatoes? I don't know. Would you fact check that for me? I don't have my phone. Uh, I well, then I, I guess there's just no way we'll ever know. Um, no, no, that's all right. We, we need to, oh, come on, dude. I already said that was the last one. Uh, no, you didn't. No, I said we weren't going to do any, so zero was the last one. <laughs> no, that's doesn't so one, count. So one was your bonus episode. Uh, 71. 71. 71 is from Kyle. Why, Kyle? Hey, questions for Aiden. Hey, what's up? Don't use if he is not on the episode. I am on every episode now, Fine. motherfucker. Um, Alright, this is for Aiden. Yeah, I wasn't. Did you think I could hate you? Look, in the traditional sense of the word, no. In a rivalry between uncle and nephew, absolutely. Or or raise my hands to you? I believe you would strike me if you had the situation and means arisen. Now, come on. You know me too well. That's, I mean, that's the problem, Kyle. How, how can I hurt you when, when, darling, I loved you? I have yet to see evidence of this statement. And you know I'd never hurt you. And see, I know you're quoting a song, but these are still questions. <laughs> oh, that's a really good song. And also, you've hurt me enough with the criticisms of my likes in horror movies, so... Oh. Somebody that would have feelings hurt. I'm sorry, I'm just, I don't, I'm just being a jerk. At least I can prove physical scars. <laughs> so, here's the thing. This song uh, that Kyle is quoting here... Um, it's uh, At This Moment, I think is the name of the song. And it is, it's a song from the 80s and is this long, drawn out, very depressing kind of song. And I never thought much of it when it was released as when I actually heard it on the radio back in the day. But then Kyle, like somewhere in the mid to late 90s, Kyle was into creating mixtapes. Well, it was it was when Napster was first big and he was stealing songs off the internet. And he created a a mixtape of essentially songs to commit suicide to. It was Oof. like it was like songs that are songs that are super depressing and at this moment was like a capstone in this thing and it's like it's like ever since then, yeah, that song really gets to me every time because it's a I don't know. Kyle said he had to stop listening to that mix. It was meant to be depressing songs. It was not not. Yeah. It was not songs to commit suicide to. It was just supposed to be depressing songs. But he said after he made it, he listened to it a few times, and then he can't listen to it anymore because it just brings him down and it makes him miserable. It's Why almost would... like it was designed to do that. Okay, that's obvious in retrospect. <laughs> it should have been obvious in current spec, but like like in in respect. <laughs> It was like, just in case his wife ever left him, he'd have, like, the perfect music mix ready to go. Just in case. Um, so, yeah, really tragic. 
So, no, 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 no! God, 82. Why? Why do you do that? It's as if you hate me. 82 is from Lisa. Well, hi, Lisa. Lisa says, What's your favorite animal sound? Huh. That is a great question. (coughs) Pardon me. I'm sorry, Aiden. I was wrong. I've heard a few animals make that sound. (laughs) Oh, you are dodging... You are dodging the spirit I'm of the sorry? question. Uh, is Homo sapien not in the kingdom uh, Animalia? You are dodging the spirit of the question. Spoken you words. Are, you are correct. Spoken words are, are still not, sounds an animal makes, but but are not traditionally classified as animal sounds. So uh, I like that fish bark. Well, that's pretty good. I'll give you that. Uh, mine is purring cat. I like purring cat. That is, that is a good one. Something I get quite a lot. And uh, mostly from bear. Although, technically... Te- no, no, no. Technically, um, I also get purring cat from Raven. But that's only because she's nervous and about to shit on yeah, and Yeah, and that's... It's never good if Raven's purring at you. She she purrs nervously and uh-huh. when she's scared. It's her self-comforting technique. And so you try and help her, but she's just so awkward. Mm-hmm. You know... All right, anyway, that is the end of the Potomatic. And uh, now it's time for GLaDOS to give us a recap of this week's episode so far. Remember when the platform was sliding into the fire pit and I said goodbye? And you were like, no way. And then I was all, we pretended we were going to murder you. That was great. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Nerd Pride Radio. The opening and closing theme is Death Metal Disco by Ian Cronk, as performed by Black Dove Underground. My bumper music this week was... Oh, I don't know. Weezer's in the garage? Sure. She Blinded Me With Science is performed by William Shatner. You bet. Uh, um, what's the My Friend John music again? Damn it. I keep forgetting every time. Birdhouse in Your Soul. Oh, Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. I, I don't know They Might Be Giants. Yeah, oh my god, that is a lie and a half if I've ever heard one. There might have been another song. I don't remember. Uh, but all the songs I use are available on a variety of music services. You should check them out, listen to them, buy them, enjoy them. I wouldn't put them in my podcast if I didn't love them. If you want to help out Nerd Pride, subscribe to this podcast and whatever podcast you use. Write us a nice review or a crappy one, whatever. Just make sure you give it five stars to trick the algorithm into sending more people our way. Um, and again, it's not even really a trick because you love us so much you wanted to give us five stars. Uh, but you want to do something super nice for this podcast? Recommend it to your friends. Seriously, if you're enjoying it, you should spread the word and let other people enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is my bread and butter, people. Uh, remember, I'm always looking for you listeners to do my work for me. Don't forget to send me questions and topics for the Podomatic. Uh, let me know if you want to be included in Listener Betrayal. And uh, if you have a really interesting nerd fact about an upcoming episode number, send it to me and save me all of that grueling research. Uh, my contact information is mike at nerdpriderradio.com. Uh, at Nerd Pride Radio on some social medias that I will never check. But my contact information is uh, 3.0 in the left eye and 3.25 in the right eye. Ooh, that's pretty good. And also accurate. <laughs> uh, but to be very honest, 
best way to talk to us, come sign up for my forums at nerdcryradio.com slash Sign up, send a message. We will hang out together and become the best friends in the world. We'll have fun. Betrayal before we start recording every podcast we post up uh, to my Gallium Club members and uh, Aiden's Platinum Club members. We say, hey, we're recording. Anything that they respond to us will be read off at the end of the podcast, which is what we're doing right, right now. now. So uh, I sent out and said, happy Nerd Pride holiday season. We missed you so much because it's really been a long and time. And a happy nerd year. Talk about whatever you want, but also, what's the best gift you gift you have received recently? Oh my god, there was this gift I received. Of a monkey, like, tumbling down a slide. That's the best gift I've received. <laughs> Kyle responded, The greatest gift I received was generosity. My friends donated $129 to my Facebook fundraiser for me to purchase an inflatable Kool-Aid man, man costume. Best birthday ever. Alright, good for Kyle. I have not yet seen any pictures of him in his Kool-Aid man costume, so... Uh, I don't know if he had to order it, uh, if he's got it already, and I just have missed the pictures, because, again, I don't check social media. Um, I'll find out. Uh, next up, Dave. Dave says, Happy Holidays, Mike. I don't know what to, uh, I don't know what to talk about. As for gifts, ask me tomorrow. We haven't done family Christmas yet. What with the fact that I was working on Christmas Eve, traveling yesterday, and the whole family didn't get together until this evening. It sounds like a bunch of excuses, Dave. Uh, so, yeah, check back tomorrow. Uh, You're going to have to make it an extra long episode. Hope that's cool. What about you? What's the best gift you received recently? Oh, the love of my family. Oh, and a nacho bar. The nacho bar was amazing. But uh, actually, no. Um, uh, As I mentioned, I received the the game uh, Bang, which I am really excited about playing. Um, And that one came from, that one was from Jacob, who also gave me a new wallet, uh, which I needed desperately. Uh, you guys don't get it. I, I carry those little uh, expandable uh, metal wallet, little shell wallets, and uh, they keep breaking because I keep getting cheap ones. And so he got me a nice one, and I'm super excited about it. Um, he got me one other thing. What was else was in that box? Why am I drawing a blank on this? Anyway, uh, then I also got, uh, what, uh, a little mini chainsaw um, because... Uh, with a mini chainsaw, now I just need one more, and uh, I can dual wield as uh, as a chainsaw massacrist. What's the proper name for for a person who commits Texas chainsaw massacres? A massacrist? A murderer. Massacre. You're a chainsaw murderer. A chainsaw murderer? Yeah. That seems too simple. That's, that's anyway, thing. dual wielding these things looks like awesome fun. Um, let's see. What else did I get? Um... I can't remember. Oh, I got some cool smart light bulbs because I've had a Google Home for how long and I haven't gotten my smart light bulbs put in. Uh, I got... Uh, it's too warm in my house and my, my co-host looks like he's yeah, falling sorry. asleep on me. It's now winter, so anytime it gets warm, my body's like, ah, it's sleep time. All right, well, you know what? Maybe I should hurry through these nah, because... Uh, nah, you take, you take your time. I, as long as I'm reading, I'm not going to fall asleep. Are you sure? Yes, I am sure. So you take your time. I've got my stuff handled when it comes out. Ugh. I can't even remember all the rest. I feel, uh, I 
feel like such a bad father that I don't even remember all the gifts. I have them written down. I just don't. They're, they're in a box right over there. Oh, I got to, I got my new uh, um, uh, nano block set. Um, and damn it. Oh, what was the last thing? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll come back to it later. I'll remember. Um, next. Hey, it's from Jacob. Jacob says, uh, genuinely and truly being with my family was the best gift. Aw, the best gift I got was my parents giving me some peace of mind by letting me borrow their vehicle when mine broke down on Christmas Day. Oh, wait, wait, Katie got me an air fryer. I really like that air fryer. Yeah, air fryer. Yeah, ki- kiss her ass, whatever. Um, I keep raving about how Aiden knocked it out of the park, though. I love the sweater he gave me and the automaton. Automaton is amazing. Have you guys seen the automatons? Yeah, he got one that looks like Kirby, um, and it can play music on it that looks like uh, it looks like Kirby is either humming, singing, or or maybe screaming, uh, depending. Maybe on Maybe he's playing. inhaling like Kirby does, right? Uh, but either way, uh, these things are cool. If you can see someone who actually plays them really well online, uh, the videos are really funny and really amazing. Um, next up, Katie. I would have to say either my Buddha board or money to replace the Apple Watch I broke. Oh, all right. That's very cool. You don't have to say Buddha board just because it's us. I mean, seriously. I mean, I appreciate you kissing my butt, but um, but uh, you're very sweet. That's very nice of you. Um, let's see. Oh, all right. This one's from my wife. And, my wife. And her picture of Peggy's Cove, which is hanging right behind me yes. as we record this. My wife, when we were in Nova Scotia... Uh, we were upset because we kind of got to Peggy's Cove a little bit late. It's a big lighthouse tourist attraction uh, in Nova Scotia, outside of Halifax. And uh, we got there a little bit late, and it was kind of raining and misty. and and so. But we had so much fun out there because there were almost no other people. And on our way back, she got a picture of a, kind of a famous uh, scene of a little uh, inlet where there's boats docked and houses on either side. And she got a picture of it in the kind of coming darkness there. And it's just a fantastic picture. It's her favorite picture she's ever taken. So I had it blown up to uh, uh, oil painting size to hang on our wall. And uh, it it turned out really well. So it's really cool. And yes, uh, this time I'm not even going to accuse her of of kissing my butt because it really was a pretty good gift if I do save so myself. All right. Next up. Um, That is not part of this conversation. Aha. My dad, a birdhouse, and a steel pig from my favorite son. Aww. Yeah, you hear that, Kyle? Kyle got him a steel pig? Hear that, Kyle? From his favorite son. All right. Uh, Oh, and they're from Aiden. Aiden says, I plead the fifth on new gifts. Okay, but I'd like to start a new trend. Here's the first paragraph of the book Dune. Why would you do that? A beginning is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. This every sister of the Bene Gesserit knows. To begin your study of the life of Maldiv, then take care that you first place him in his time. Born in the 57th year of the Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV, and take the most special care that you locate Maldiv in his place, the planet Arrakis. Do not be deceived by the fact that he was born on Caladan and lived his first 15 years there. Arrakis, the planet known as Dune, is forever his place. From Manual of Maudib, 
by Princess Irulan. Stay tuned next episode for the second paragraph. Oh, dear sweet Jesus, no. You're the worst. Um, we'll get through Dune eventually. Then Walrus also responded and said, Ooh, this year I scored an awesome Galileo thermometer. Oh, nice. What? Which ones are the Galileo thermometers? Is that the ones with the little floating things in them? Is that is that the one I'm thinking of? Because uh, if so, those are those are pretty sweet. So Galileo, got it. Yes, it's one of the floating things. Yeah, those are cool. All right, I'm with you, man. All right, that's it. That's it. Yep. Now we're wrapped up this podcast. All right, cool. Uh, next up is listener trail for me. Oh, all right. I guess you can have a turn. Uh, Verizon message. Take advantage of our Verizon cloud. We've noticed that. Oh, sorry. That's just. Oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> Hello? Nobody responded to you? No, I knew it. They... I knew it. <laughs> yeah, they've finally all abandoned you, Aiden. Just your whole mouth. That's right. You are alone and unloved. Okay, well, I can't find your response. What? I responded. It can't possibly be that far down Your, the list. Yours was the first response, and I've lost it. Yes. Okay, we. I got it. I found it. All right, I said, Hi to Platinum, Platinum members. My dad and I are recording today. If you'd like to say something or if you read anything, now's your chance. We will read anything you send. No, seriously, anything you type will be read off. This week's question, how was your holiday of choice this December? And uh, the first one comes from Mike. Hi, Mike. He says, swell. No. Oh, yeah, go ahead. You're right. Thoroughly enjoyable. You remember? You were there. Was I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, or you was were. it my doppel? Well, it looks just like you. I have the picture. Oh, wait a minute. Could be that guy from the restaurant. <laughs> my God. Lisa and I are eating at a little restaurant downtown. Some kind of trendy new hipster place. Pretty good food. Really liked it. Um, but she all of a sudden gestures over the bar. She goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look. Look. And I look over, and I swear to God, Aiden is working the bar. Like, it's it's not Aiden. But uh, I mean, we know it's not Aiden. I think I think maybe the guy was a little too tall to be Aiden. But either way, it looked enormously like Aiden. So uh, Lisa takes a picture and texts it to Aiden and says, What the hell are you doing here? And Aiden, without missing a beat, instantly, instantly replies with, my fucking job. <laughs> and then we were rolling. It was really good. I I guess you had to be there. But super fun. Um, God, this guy looked like Aiden. It was weird. Uh, so anyway. It's also from Mike. He says, sweet. How about mine? Dude. What does mine say? Uh, okay. Because I said that because he he went through his whole spiel and said... How was your holiday of choice? And I said, swell. Awesome. You were there. You remember. And then he sent me again the entire spiel. Because you said you didn't get it the first time. And then, oh, that's right. That did happen. Okay. But see, in my order of things, I got one first, and then I answered, and then I got the other one. And then, so I thought you were just repeating yourself without listening to me. No, you were having old man phone problems. You shut up. I have a, I have a state of the art Verizon flip phone. 
Don't you dare. I have nothing but the best titanium rotary on this bitch. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Well, this comes from Dom. Hey, Dom. He says, personally, it was a day of relaxing and sleeping in with good food later. Oh, ain't that the dream, though. Oh, you know what makes it even better? A nacho bar. A nacho bar. <laughs> yes. Uh, that comes to us from Emily. Uh, Emily says, uh, pretty good. None of the Republican family members showed up, so it was a calm dinner. <laughs> that was your holiday of choice. My holiday of choice was really, really nice. Despite hating Christmas, he still had a good time. No, look, I said that I hate Christmas except for the seven days that I mentioned that Christmas should be allowed. Gotcha. It was it was nice. I okay. enjoyed spending now, time with my so family. Should the, should the title of this episode be Nacho Bar, or should it be Nacho Ordinary Christmas? Which one? Uh. Aiden hates Christmas, not clickbait, story time, gone wrong, gone sexual. Nacho bar it is. Okay, go ahead. Uh, also, does this question include Hanukkah because it started in November? Does it also take place in December, Emily? Is, is, is part of Hanukkah always look, in December? Look, here's the thing. Emily will find any excuse to exclude the Jews. <laughs> uh, you're a bad person, Emily. Right? Okay. Yes, of course it includes Hanukkah. <laughs> the next one comes just from uh, Lisa. Lisa says, perfect, I love my family. Uh, she also says, uh, I love our new Nacho Ordinary Christmas. Uh, and then uh, go Lisa go Lisa after interrupting the podcast a second time she says sorry I couldn't resist uh huh um let me check my other sources other sources you have sources I don't know about uh this is this newfangled Snapchat nope, that, that is, kids are into. That is everything. All right. Well, that was simple enough then. Cool. You guys have been awesome. I appreciate you waiting so long. Uh, I appreciate you coming back to us, uh, despite us seeming to abandon you. Um, but you guys are the best. I hope everyone has had a wonderful holiday season. Uh, I, I hope you guys keep coming back and, and joining us for future episodes. So you are the best. We appreciate you. And we will see you very soon. Say goodnight, Aiden. Good night, everybody. Say goodnight, R2. Bye.